Welcome to Green Talk. Turning the planet green one conversation at a time. Are you part of the conversation? And here's your host, Anna Hatton. Hi, this is Anna Hackman from Green Talk today, and, and I have kind of an unusual podcast and video cast, something that I generally don't do, but I was so intrigued by Landau's packaging system that I had to put this on a video and audio uh, podcast. It also will be on my website, Green Talk, as well. Today I have Bernie Skipinski. Bernie, I actually said that right. And he's, <laughs> you don't know how hard I practiced on that one. And uh, he's the vice president of operations, and as well as Terry Choate, who is the sales uh Terry, again, tell me your title. It's a sales and operations planning manager. Now, the reason why I'm interviewing them today, and Bernie, am I saying, is it Landau? Am I saying that right? Right. Okay. That's fine. The reason I'm interviewing them today is I have my own personal situation where I have a son who's taking B12 shots, and it's being sent every um, month in a styrofoam container. It's driving me bananas. But unfortunately, I only can go to this particular compounding pharmacy and I put in a query on LinkedIn asking people, what alternatives do I have? And Bernie you know, popped right up in my, um, my discussion and he told me about his packaging system and I was incredibly intrigued. And what I have in front of me is a PowerPoint presentation as to what makes Landau's packaging system so green. So, Bernie, I'm going to have you walk me through and tell me a little bit about the company. Let's go to the first slide. Tell us a little bit about the packaging system. Okay, our you know we're a 51 year old Michigan based packaging firm. Um, a few years ago, we decided to reinvest in sustainability and green. And we've started down the road with three or four products. Uh, we have a real commitment to change the way people think about packaging and move towards more earth-friendly alternatives. So what do we see on the first slide? Um, we're seeing a, a picture of the earth with a plant coming out of it. And uh, our product goes back to the earth to regenerate new plants. So let's move on to slide two. Now we're doing this for our podcast audience because they really can't see what um, I'm seeing and Bernie and Terry are seeing. So um, bear with us for those that are saying, okay, Anna, we see what's on the screen. This is why we're doing it. We, we actually have three new technologies. One of them is Renicky Fiber and Renicky fiber is a revolutionary new way to recycle corrugated. It's enzyme-based. It reduces the current process from a 10 steps down to a three. It uses less energy, uh, less water, and delivers a better quality fiber. We're in the final rounds of testing with this technology. Uh, at Western Michigan University's paper lab. Now, when you say that it's so it's not available yet? Not commercially. And when you say a way to recycle it with enzymes, how does that work in a landfill? Um, this is actually recycling paper. Today, paper gets recycled in a process that really starts out with waste paper put, being put into a huge blender or a hydropulper, adding water, and then that slurry gets run through a series of filters and screens to remove any foreign material till it's back to a fiber. And then those fibers get introduced at the head box to manufacture paper. 
Oh, so this system is actually going to make, like you said, the less energy and the less water consumption. It's going to make it go be a much more efficient process than what we have now. Right, and it's also going to keep the fiber length. You can never get a better fiber than you start with, but the more times you filter and screen any fiber, you damage it, you break it, you make it a smaller diameter, and eventually it becomes almost too short to use in the paper process. So this keeps the length and the strength of the fiber. Now, do you think that with this technology, we'll make, like for instance, recycled paper or recycled toilet paper cheaper because they're not going to be using as much manufacturing cost to do it? I can't speak to the cost of recycling paper, but I would tell you that we think that this product will create a new niche in the marketplace for recycled fiber. Today, there is virgin fiber, which comes from trees, and then there's a variety of different layers of recycled fiber. We think this one will be closer to virgin and perhaps increase the usage of old corrugated containers. Now, would this have any effect with corrugated containers that have wax in them, or is it this not the same, you can't do the same thing what you're doing? The, the waxes would be removed in the process. So you could be able to take um, you know, wax containers and do this. Would this also include maybe even like milk cartons and other containers that have that wax inside? Some, some of those, milk cartons aren't corrugated, um, and some of those uh, are really impregnated into the fiber. So it would depend on the specific treatment. It's risky to talk in general about this lining or that lining. Many of those are petroleum-based. Okay. So when do you anticipate that this is going to hit the market? Um, we're thinking um, we will have testing in early 2011 and in the market later that year. And will you be doing the recycling yourself or, or, or selling the this type of uh, enzyme product? We're looking at two paths. One is to offer the market recycled pulp, and the other one is to introduce the enzyme to mills that are currently doing it to help them reduce their energy use. That's really interesting. Let's move on to slide three. Um, this is another product that we now have in the field. This is an industrial application of wine in the box. It's a bag in the box technology that's being used by Dow AgroScience for a herbicide all over Canada. Uh, this re replaced a rigid plastic container of the same size. This one is currently 15 liters and it uses 50, 66% less resin than a similar size in storage costs because this box cubes out or squares out pallets or shelves uh, much better than a rigid container that has air and shape, odd shapes for the handle and packaging. And all the bag ha is um, needs to be um, recycled properly because of the chemicals that are in it. The boxes um, are 100% recyclable. Now, they again, they can't see what I see. So how would you describe this to them, this bag in the box? This is a 15-liter uh, box that has a cartridge bag inside of it that is completely assembled when it goes to the filling station. Um, it's filled and then sent to the field. One other feature of this technology is because of the design, 
Um, there's no burping or glugging when you pour this and it evacuates the liquid about 99.0%. So you can put a lot more in there than, than, like you said, there's not as much air. Yeah, and it also doesn't splash on your feet when you're, if you're pouring it. You know how when you pour out of a Clorox bottle, sometimes it goes glurk, 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 and there's that kind of burping effect. This doesn't do that. And what would this technology be used for? Like who would, who would be buying this from you? This is for almost any product other than a uh, flammable product, um, chemicals, uh, cooking oils, um, cleaning products. Okay. Um, should we go on to slide four? Sure. This is our um, cooler box. And what we're looking at is a slide that shows brown is the new green. This is a corrugated container that's lined with a foam that's made from cornstarch. It's uh, very cost effective. It has equal time and temperature curves to some of the EPS or the, e the styrofoam or styrene products. Um, it's biodegradable and compostable. Um, now, when you say, when you say, because um, there's always been a lot of issues when people say they're biodegradable and compostable. When you say compostable, this is something that I could put in my backyard composter? Yeah, there's actually a couple different options for you. But yes, you could put it in your backyard composter. Yes, you could put it, just put it out in your backyard and over time it would just disappear. If you're only getting one carton every month with your son's uh, B12, you could just shred it and put it down your food disposal, or you could put it with your regular waste or with your corrugated waste for pickup. So they would, the, the people that pick up paper and newspaper, they would take this? Yes. Wow, that's great. I know on your next slide, which was, I think, is, it, is that the one with the non-G, that's non-GMO, is that number five? No. Yeah. Number, let's go to the next slide. Tell us about the thermal technical details of, of this. Terry? And, uh, there's uh, there's three primary modes of heat transfer. There's uh, what's called convection, uh, there's conduction, and radiation. And there are a lot of products out there today that deal with one of these. Uh, the green cell technology deals with all of them. Uh, it basically uh, can, can help ensure, and that's why it's so comparable to a polystyrene today or a polyurethane foam um, from, a, from a thermal protection standpoint. So does that does that does that mean that um, would you have to still put an ice container in or no? Um, the, if you if you're going to do any length amount of time like a overnight delivery or a second day delivery, yes, you're going to have to use a cooling agent as well because even though it has excellent characteristics, um, that that time uh, is the major factor that that still requires additional cooling agent. And um, when you talk about you know, it being corn-based, is the corn coming from the U.S.? Yes. Now, this uh, is um, all U.S. corn, and um, it's actually a technology that was developed by a couple professors at Michigan State, and we're working with them. They, they manufacture it, and we fabricate it into uh, these cooler boxes. Now, I moved on to slide six, which talks about um, the sustainability technology. And one of the things that I wanted to note, because the first thing that popped up to my mind when you mentioned corn is 
genetically modified corn. And uh, most of my readers know that I am a dead set against genetically modified corn. And this is actually made out of certified non-genetically modified corn. And, and how are you guys able to make sure that that, that is really the, the case? This is a, a corn that, that's basically manufactured for this purpose and this purpose only. Um, uh, as far as um, the certifications and what have you, that's a little bit upstream from us. Uh, but all of the certifications are there to, to ensure it. Now, when um, one other thing that a lot of people talk about when they talk about corn-based products is that it's taking away from people eating corn as a food. Um, mm -hmm. How how does this differ in this case? Well, this is, uh, as Terry said, this is a, a corn starch product that's grown specifically for manufacturing. It's not a feed corn. It's not a bicolor corn that we get at the summer festival. Yeah, it, it's specifically made for a manufacturing pers uh, purpose as opposed to... Uh, to, to natural consumption. Right, but was it was farmland taken to be able to use to, to grow this or is this something totally different? That's that's way upstream from us, but um, the volume that we're currently doing and we'd like to have more, I would tell you that we're not we're not taking up anybody's farmland. <laughs> gotcha. Um, let's go to the sustainable packaging value. That's on your next slide, number seven. Okay. Tell us, um, tell us about that. You know, you know, for the for the listeners who aren't really familiar with biomass, uh, the the real advantage of biomass, and this is at the the front phase of the manufacturing process, is a standard petroleum-based product. Uh, the petroleum takes about 10 million years to manufacture. Um, this product uh, goes through its cycle up through the production process in about 180 days. So when we talk about uh, carbon factor and what have you, um, there's really uh, a zero effect with a biomass product because it's a renewable resource as opposed to uh, the petroleum base, which, which has to have uh, so many years to, to actually uh, become relevant. Now you also have on here um, an H2O blowing agent, not carbon-based. Correct. Explain, can you explain that? Yeah. In the manufacturing of any kind of foam, you need a what's called in the industry a blowing agent to get those cells to react and form. Years ago, polyurethane foams were used with um, Freon, and that was a big thing, and now all the polyurethane foams are Freon-free. This corn starch foam is manufactured with a water-based blowing agent. So there's no petroleum, no Freon, none of those other hazardous chemicals used. Now, is there a shelf life for this product? I mean, if you are manufacturing it and you have it sitting around or, or, you, or you bought it and you're, you're not using it as quickly as you thought, is there a time where it just kind of starts disintegrating? Not that we're currently aware of. This product has only been marketed. Uh, this is going on its fifth year. And we have original product that was packaged uh, through the beginning of the stages and it is in the same uh, condition as when manufactured at that time period. 
Uh, we've opened up the packs, we've done reviews, and it has the same characteristics as when originally generated. So um, as time goes on, we'll continue to monitor, but uh, we're at the five-year-plus mark. Now, what... I have to apologize because we're on Skype and sometimes it cuts in and makes funny noises. So people are listening mm -hmm. is going like, what is that eking noise? It's Skype. Um, the, um, why, why corn? Why not switch grass or sugar or another uh, renewable source? Well, the corn starch technology has been around for a while. There have been people who have tried to make packing peanuts and other products out of it. Um, those could not seem to compete or they didn't catch on in the packaging. These professors at MSU took that technology, probably I'm guessing and can't swear to it, but probably because it was there for the packing peanuts and some other things and changed it to this uh, foam that provides both time and temperature protection as well as much better shock and vibration value than any of the polystyrenes. Yeah, and, and that's a that's a true standpoint or a, a good point that there is a history behind the cornstarch packet cornstarch packaging, uh, where really some of the newer products that you're seeing don't have that history, so they're really not time tested. Um, you know, we're getting to the point with the cornstarch product and and specifically in in foam manufacturing that it has a nice uh, trail. Uh, where there have been plenty of successes, uh, things like, you know, shelf life are being, you know, documented and recorded now, and, and you can give uh, firm answers to those type of questions where you can't on some of the newer uh, materials that are out there. Right. Um, the Now, I'm on slide eight. I'm, okay. And, and it's um, the annually renewable sustainable technology. Um, can you walk me through it and kind of explain what, what we're looking at? Um, well, this is back to what I referenced to earlier on, on the difference between a petroleum-based product and a, and a biomass product, uh, where the, the whole process is contained in approximately uh, 200 days or less. So the first bullet point there is, is just the description that the, all of the corn is grown in the USA. And then from the time period where it's planted to uh, that the cornstarch is extracted is about 110 days. Uh, after the cornstarch is extracted and then it goes into a production process uh, in which the green cell foam is manufactured, that's another about 20 days. Uh, then you have 10 days um, in which there's uh, the development of the product. In this case, it would be a thermal cooler or uh, it could be used as internal dunnage uh, packaging. And then um, basically there's a, a transportation where it goes to an end user and the end user is going to discard it. And from that point, if they send it to a, a compost facility uh, or uh, they do means to biodegrade or what have you, that would be about a 60-day process. So from, from the very start, uh, which is the planting, all the way through end of life is somewhere in the vicinity of 200 days. And what do you guys do with the with the corn after you you have the you like the you know the stalks and all the other stuff? What do you do with that? Well, that Anna, that's upstream from us. We get a product from um, a supplier that has handled all of that. We just get the corn stuff. Okay, because uh, I I grow corn, so <laughs> you can't take the girl out of the Midwest. Uh, so, so <laughs> 
for the, for, I don't know if many of my readers know that I'm actually originally from Ohio, so uh, there was lots of cornfields there. Um, let's go on to the next slide, number nine, which is disposal options. I think we kind of went through this, but let's just do it again quickly. Well, and, and I'm not certain that we went through all of it because uh, we talked quite a bit about the front end where the, um, the biomass has a real advantage over petroleum-based, but then there's the tail end, which is the disposal options. And this is all specific to a customer need. You know, there are different types of customers. For example, the uh, story that uh, you shared, you're the end user of that. You're getting a cooler in your home and you have limited options with a polystyrene type cooler, where with our cooler, there are, there are many options. And really the, the foam is ideal for that type of circumstance where you have, uh, that you could send to a composting facility. It can be composted in the backyard. And obviously for those who don't know composting, uh, you've got to do the proper turns and that type of thing. Um, it could be, uh, buried in the in the rose garden you could take a hose and squirt our material for three to five minutes um, under the jet stream and it's going to go back to natural straight state uh, into the soil you can put this into a garbage disposal you take uh, your foam cooler you cut it into three strips and place it and it goes safely into your wastewater stream uh, it burns cleanly. Uh, it has the ability, should it, it not be with an end user and, and uh, company to company that they're looking to recycle this, um, we put inner liners in there so uh, water or condensation doesn't touch directly with the foam and, and cause any deforming. And those liners enable it to be recycled and reused on, on multiple occasions. So the, talk, uh, go back to that about liners, because I, I never got a picture of that. What, what, is, what is the liner made out of? The liner would be a, a corrugated or a paper material, a chipboard material. Okay, so someone could recycle that as well. Yeah, yeah but in, in your case, if you were the, your compounding pharmacy was nearby, um, and it was worthwhile, they could use that container that comes to your home again. You could return it to them and they could refill it and send it again. You know, it's, it's funny that you talk about the Rose Garden because I wrote an article which is extremely well read on corn gluten, which was actually um, produced by a professor in Iowa. And um, you know, I, I, people actually should read that, even though that is a genetically modified product, um, it supposedly stops um, crabgrass, which I've used it for three years and it does. I'm, I was thinking about the same thing when you were talking about putting it in the rose garden, thinking that I could just sprinkle it around in the spring. <laughs> instead well, of I need lots of that stuff then. I need lots of it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it, it actually does work um, for crabgrass. And here you have a non-genetically modified one, so I'm just going to store my containers and <laughs> sprinkle them in the spring before the forsythiaethus actually blooms. Let's go on to the next uh, slide. Which is number and if we can, before we move on, one more option on disposal that, that I want to touch base on, and it's really starting to gain some momentum, is uh, waste to energy. Uh, you know, there are about 100 facilities uh, throughout the U.S. that, that take uh, waste, and especially this type of waste, and they turn it back into positive energy. And this is an ideal candidate for that type of uh, 
uh, a situation because it, it does burn cleanly. And uh, we've, we've actually done some studies and have some documentation where there's some good value add that comes uh, from, from turning this waste into energy. So as, so as um, ways to dispose of waste, uh, this this is a great option for the green cell foam is is using those incinerators. Yeah, we did a very small project with a group that was working with the Department of Defense on base waste, which is an initiative to understand what the military can do with all the packaging that shows up to support an army. If you can imagine 200,000 troops somewhere in the desert and everything they need has to come to them in some way, shape or form. This project looked at the, the green cell and did two things with it. One is it was reduced it to energy by burning it. The other one it did was it took the green cell and reduced it back to ethanol. Uh, again, though, we have to have a whole lot more um, people using it for that to be a viable option. Now, when you talk about that, uh, the this being recycled and reused for fuel. Is there a link on your website so, so people can find out if they can return it to a certain place? Let's say it's in actually is one in their town or, or their state? No, the information we have currently is under the sustainability link, but we haven't taken it out to where where you might take it yet. Is that something in the future or do you or how would someone search that? You know, under under our options, we're thoroughly defining what those options are. And uh, even though all of the testing is in place to uh, to ensure that, for example, the foam can be uh, placed in with the corrugated and there's no uh, negative effect on the, the uh, corrugated recycle process and there's actually value added of having the cornstarch in the process itself, um, we are working to define all of the waste facilities uh, that uh, will clearly define this and put it into the uh, the pickup stream. And um, my estimate on that is is sometime early 2011 we'll have a clearer picture and it'll it'll have some uh, postings on uh, the given sites. You know, I'm also wondering. I'm also wondering oh, God, I hate Skype. God, I hate it's Skype. it's like making an echo. Um, the um, I'm wondering also if you could put your product in food composting as well. There's, you know, the food stream, the food waste. Mm -hmm. Because that's also a lot of companies are doing that as well. They're, you know, putting their um, silverware, their biodegradable silverware and things like that in their food waste because it does biodegrade into a food waste and then they make compost out of it. So I'm wondering if, if the food haulers would take that as well in that stream. We actually have some customers that are um, looking at that initiative internally. Um, um, so basically, uh, they will be able to feed the information back to us on the finding. Now, a, a question when you're talking about all these different uh, people wanting to use your product. If somebody's interested to use your product, do they call up and they give you your specifications and say, this is what we need it for and this is how big I need it? How does that work with the person who wants to use your product? Well, first thing they need to do is they need to contact Terry. And then we really have three options for them. One is we have a stock cooler option. We have certain sizes sitting on the shelf that we could get to them immediately. We have another option that is we call ready to ship, but this is foam that's fabricated that fits in most of the U.S. postal ready to ship cartons. So if you were going to ship something that you wanted to be 
wanted to be green and also make sure it arrived safely at its destination, you could contact us and we could supply you with that. And then the third one is custom coolers. Those are designed specifically for volume, pharmaceutical, biological, and specialty uh, foods. That permits us to make sure we have the right size, we understand the chamber that you're going to be putting packaging is, as well as it gives the customer the opportunity to put some specific graphics on the outside. If they want their box to say, you know, farm-raised, all-organic Montana steaks, we can do that. Now, when you go back to, like, let's say an HP comes to you and says, I want to use your product to put around my computers because right now they're using polystyrene and so they would go to you and, and could they custom do a packaging with you yes we have a packaging engineering design group that has over 100 years of experience and we would work with them we do a variety of tests in-house and we also have outsourced some but we do drop tests and other things to ensure that design is going to pro provide the proper protection for whosoever product it is. Now, I'm on the next slide, which is the three R's. Do you guys want to walk me through that? Yeah, and and in going and reviewing your site, Anna, it, it's obvious that you're familiar with the three R's of reduce, reuse, and recycle. Um, a lot of people, when you discuss green and when you discuss uh, earth-friendly type products, don't understand uh, fully that those three R's are in order of importance. Um, first and foremost is the reduction aspect of it. And um, the green cell foam reduces the reliance on the petroleum-based products. And at the end of the day, that, that is a very good thing. Um, it also provides the disposal options, um, including uh, reuse and recycle. So we think that the three R's are, are well represented with this offering uh, for green cell foam and the green cell foam coolers. Uh, let's go on to slide 11, which is uh, cooler products. I think we went through this, but if you want to touch on it again. Yeah, real quickly, we talked about we have, you know, three different options. One is stock coolers, one is a ready ship option, and it, the one that's not on here is, you know, um, like you talked about with a, a customer that wants it for dunnage rather than coolers, um, we can design those sides too. And then, you know, volume. Um, we have um, business today with a couple of pharmaceutical firms that they have the box uh, graphically treated with their name and some information on the outside, as well as the fact that it's green, that they fill truckloads of um, time sensitive materials with. One of the other things that's important on this product is many green products you or I can have, but we would have to pay a premium for them in today's market. We think that our sustainable green products have to offer an environmentally competitive economic value. And some of our success has been by working with customers so they understand that this green cell foam may be marginally more than the styrofoam cooler that they purchased, but looking at the supply chain, we can now move their shipment from next day air to second day air or second day ground, and there's a dramatic savings there that makes the entire value a savings for the customer. You know, especially with um, Walmart, putting out the cue of what they want their vendors to be using and doing. 
um, your product kind of fits right along with them. I mean, are you familiar with what about the Walmart requirements for their vendors now, their supply side? Yeah, yeah, we're familiar with the Walmart scorecard. Actually, we have a growing account with a customer who provides products to Whole Foods. Um, and Whole Foods has also kind of put their foot down and said they don't want any more styrofoam. You know, every every meat, many meat products and uh, fruits and vegetables are wrapped at the grocery store with the same type of styrofoam that your child's medicine comes in. And a quick point on that, Anna, is uh, as the company such as Walmart or Whole Foods uh, identifies what they do not want, which is the polystyrene. In many cases, they're offering alternatives to to that polystyrene, and uh, the green cell foam is being identified as a viable option for replacement for polystyrene. One of the things that you, you guys mentioned that I thought was um, interesting is: can you guys make the alternative for the meat? You know that that plat that styrene styrene uh, container where the you know the meats put on the styrene and then it's wrapped in plastic. Are you are you guys looking at making that? We're working on that. You know, in the beginning we talked about our Renneke fiber and we talked about our bag in the box process and we talked a lot about this green cell cooler. One of the next products we're working on is uh, pulp based products um, out of uh, pulp fibers to replace not only those food trays, but perhaps, you know, um, Starbucks coffee cups and Starbucks lids and a few thousand other items in that food chain. That's great because that's, you know, that's styrene is a nasty, nasty product and it's everywhere. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things that people don't think about, but although coffee cups from a lot of the roasters have some recycled content, many, many of their lids have BPA in them. Yep. And they kind of overlook that because, you know, the cup is what they're holding on to. Right. But if you, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of a little bit of greenwashing in that way. Um, I, I really love this product. Now I'm on your summary. Um, is there anything coming down the pike besides that we haven't hit on? Well, I think that, uh, uh, a couple of things, if, if we can summarize and go back to the very beginning, um, you know, Landall has Landall has a, a vision that we want to inspire a transition from traditional materials to improved earth-friendly alternatives. And so, you know, we have a streamline of products that we're trying to develop in uh, coordination with some alliance partners to make sure that that the uh, business to business and the public consumer have options out there that they just don't have to rely on the petroleum-based product any longer. Now, you did touch on it, Bernie, about it being a premium, and, and I'm, I know you probably can't give me any specifics, but would you generally say it's a 10 or 20% premium over styrofoam, or do you think it's more? Uh, generally speaking, um, for, for this particular product, the green cell foam, um, materials are about 20% more expensive than, than your typical petroleum-based product. Uh, where we try to make up some of that gap is through operational processes. And then what cannot be made up through the operational process, uh, again, we're looking at total cost. So we think that in a lot of cases, there are cost savings that the company can see by switching over to a green alternative. And Bernie brought probably one of the best up. 
okay, let's look at this a little differently. Uh, you may pay uh, five to 10% more on materials, but how much savings by converting over to maybe an extra day in transportation? Um, you know, next day air is not the cheapest thing in the world. You know, one of the other things is that some of the styrofoam competition um, markets their product when you buy it to use yours. If you purchase a container through a catalog source or one of these other agencies, more than likely the outside of the container has their name, their logo, and everybody in the supply chain who handles that thinks, oh, here's something that's interesting. When in fact, working with us, we can use that outside of the container to market your product. You know, one thing that um, to add to add to you guys about costs, people don't realize, and I'm seeing this as being a sustainable consultant and it, it drives me bananas. Most of these companies are throwing away their styrofoam. You throw it away in a, in a trash can, you know, a big dumpster, that costs you money because they don't look at weight, they look at volume. Like you fill it up, you pay for it. And this takes that part out and landfill charges are expensive. So, you know, that's what I like about your product is, is taking it out of the landfill. And uh, Yeah, the other thing that you know that some some people know but others don't, but the some of those other products like Styrofoam or EPS, you know, they have the half-life of five Klingon empires, you know. I mean, they, they just last forever. Yep, they do. It's like actually that, I think it's a like one of those cart animated films about, you know, when they, everybody dies and all this stuff is still there. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's the truth, and it's it's um it's it's a wake up call, and I'm glad that you guys are producing a product like this. I'm actually going to be calling my pharmacy and say, "Hey guys, look what I got! Look at my video," <laughs> and encourage them to call you. Um, anything else, gentlemen? Well, I think the last thing is that you know we are a 51 year old family owned business. Many of our customers today were our customers when our company was started. Um, we work to win and keep people's business. So does that mean uh, HP and Compact? Is Compact still even around? Dell, you know, Gateway. Uh, can you guys call these guys? Because it drives me bananas when I get a new computer and I have to deal with the styrofoam. Um, well, we, we would love to. Um, many, many of those products currently are produced offshore, and we don't have a means today to get it offshore. But we do make some... Um, green cell packaging for companies in the U.S. that make some high-end uh, computer games. We also have a product that's being evaluated currently by a, a, an agency to properly return or safely return for fluorescent light bulbs using our cartons and green cell foam. So oh. we, we have lots of stuff underway here in the U.S. I, I, I want to like I, I know about that when you guys get that going. Okay. You know, I have lots of clients with different needs, and that's that's a great that's a great idea, um, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, everybody, I have on the screen right now the contacts, Terry's contacts, and Bernie's contacts. How you can reach them by phone. Um, Bernie has a Skype. He has an email. Um, call him. Call these guys because they're, what they're doing is a, is a great a great concept that you know you want to be a green company. You want to take the steps. You want to be considered sustainable. Start with your packaging. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank, thank you. you Anna.